what a worship. Can I tell you that God has got a plan this morning? And I'm going to tell you why he's got a plan this morning. Not that he doesn't have a plan every other morning, but I'm telling you right now, every bit of this worship set lines up completely with with what I'm about to come and say to you this morning. We have... We have been reminded throughout this morning that God is here, that God is with us. No, you're okay. And then then we had to be reminded that we cannot allow the stones to cry out on our behalf for who our God is. And what I'm going to talk to you about today is simply that God is on the throne. So I'm telling you right now that this morning has been set up specifically for somebody in this sanctuary or somebody that might watch it later. But I'm telling you right now that if you if there's something that you've been praying about, if there's something that the enemy has just been on you and fighting you about today, you can have that victory today and, and, and it's not going to be something that you're going to have to reach for. It's going to simply be something that you're going to be reminded of. Today, I'm not telling you something that you don't already know. Today, I want to confirm something that I believe you know. I want to confirm something that I believe God has been speaking to you. And you've either struggled to grab a hold of it or you struggle to believe it. The enemy is trying to keep us in a place. He's trying to keep you in a place. But I pray in the name of Jesus today, that place, it will be no more in the name of Jesus. I want to share with you over my time of study and in preparation uh, this week, there were there were things that that kind of came to be and the, the enemy really was pressing on me. He was really pressing on me. He was really trying to distract me from God's purpose in my life. And I had to get into a place where I knew that I could hear him. I had to step away from all of the, all of the demands and the, the requests and all the things that, that, that would try to grab my attention And I had to just sit before God and see what he had to say to me. And this is what he had to say to me. I want to share with you just a little piece of my time in prayer with God. Is that okay? This is what he had to say to me. I'm sitting there, and he brings a song to my mind. And I want to share with you that song this morning, okay? I'm not going to sing to you. Don't worry. Some of you got nervous. If my wife was here, she would have got excited, you know. But I want to share with you this song. The song is called God is on the Throne. That's where I took the title for my message. And the reason that is is because every point that I'm going to give to you today is in this song. So you're about to hear my message preached right here. But I want to see if you will grasp it. Because if you grasp it as I preach today, I'm going to see it in your response. Not your response to my words, but your response to the knowledge that God is still on the throne. Will you start that song for me, please? And give it some volume. I'm going to keep myself contained. I'm going to keep myself contained because, see, because, <laughs> see, I might act up a little bit. I, I understand ain't nobody else in here went through anything. I ain't had no stressors or nothing like that. So y'all ain't got no reason to be thanking God or worshiping him because he's just that good. But, man, oh, man. Let me try, let me try to, I mean, and understand, understand, I, I get it. 
I get it. When the enemy is on, when he's working, when he's, when he's in your ear, it's hard. It's hard to really grasp something so very simple. God is on the throne. When you listen to the words of that song, she said, why should I worry? Why should I fear? <laughs> listen, I have, over this past week, I have experienced some things where people would look at me and be like, Dwayne, don't be over-spiritual, Right? You know, they, you know, they might say, you know, you, you, give the, you give the devil too much credit. Listen, the devil gets no credit, okay? But a fact is a fact. If I come and I jab my finger in your side, you're going to feel it, and you will likely react. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even if it's just a finger in your side, you will react to what I've just done. And that's all the power that the enemy has. He, the only thing he has is, is, is to poke and to prod at us. But if he catches us at the right moment, that poke and that pride can send us over the edge. Can I get an amen? Is there anybody? Yeah, I thought so. So, so when you start to get a little frustrated and angry over a poke or a pride, sometimes you need somebody to remind you that God is still on the throne. I'm already excited. I'm already excited because here's the deal. I got the revelation. As a matter of fact, it's not so much a revelation as it, as it is a here's your sign. You know what I mean? You ever heard that? The guy says, here's your sign. In other words, you silly person, this has been here the whole time. You've just been so busy worried about the poke and the pride that you're not paying attention to the fact that God is still God. Man. But we, but we going to learn today, okay? So listen, how many of you have, have found yourselves with a battle of the mind, right? We call it a battle of the mind. There's been books written about it. Matter of fact, that's probably where I got the saying from was the battle of the mind. It's, it's that place up there, that space up there where the enemy seems to be able to just plant all kinds of crazy stuff and we just run with it like it's good for us when it's not, right? So check it out. Check it out. Let's, let's just, I'm going to slow down. I told you I didn't, I didn't got a little excited already. Most of us, most of us, when we're, when we're in this battle, when we're in this battle, after the fact, we look back and we realize in the grand scheme of things, that thing we were battling was a moot point. It was useless. It was pointless. And it took up way more of our time and the space in our mind than it really should have. Yet, we do it again and again. Why? Because we forget that very simple and plain, here's your sign. Right? Which is what? Say it with me. God is on the throne. Now, well, I guess we gotta, we're going to have to work through this and figure out why that's important. Why is that significant? Because if we knew, I think I'd have some people standing up shouting every single time I said it. But we just, we're not there yet. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to get there. So here, let's check, let's check it out this way. All right? Let me get a little practical on you. And is that okay? I'm going to get practical with you. So there's uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf. All right. She's a she's a cognitive uh, neuroscientist. All right. So when you're when you're doing research throughout the, the behavioral science world, you run across people. This lady is she's she's been in the science realm, but she's also been in the spiritual realm. Right. And that's why when I when I seen this, it caught my eye because Right now, my mind is very much in both worlds. I, I, I'm reading here and I'm reading there, so I'm taking in a little bit of everything. And I love it. I, the more I read, the more I actually love it because 
because I'm so steeped and my foundation is, is so, so great in, in Scripture and, the, and, and in God, when I read scientific stuff, it's like God just helps me to see, like, there I am, there I am, they've got it right there, they've, they've taken and twisted that, I'm, I'm, I'm all over that, that's me too, and I just keep realizing over and over, God is on the throne. Thank you, Noah. They say fake it till you make. No, 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 I'm not. Here, listen to this. Dr. Caroline Leaf in her book is called Switch on the Brain. Switch on your brain. It says this. As we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. As we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire our toxic patterns of thinking. Hear that? As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire our toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. This is what she's saying. She has taken science and she's revealed something to us. Science is proving free will. Here. Okay? Work with me. And then it's also showing a relationship between our thoughts and reality. You guys are like, I'm going to say it again so that you can catch it. Okay? Science is proving free will. The Bible says that that's what God has done. He's, he's given us free will. And our free will is hopefully to do what? Choose him. And then she shows a relationship between our thoughts and reality. Meaning, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I want you to stick a pin in that, okay? Stick a pin in that. I'm going to read it one more time. As we think... We change the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we wire, we can, we can wire our toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. Stick a pin in that, and we're going to come back to it. In the song, it opens with God is on the throne. She opens with that. I want to give you scripture. I'm going to beam through some scripture. I'm, I'm going to just, we're going to get moving fast here, okay? First scripture, Isaiah 6 and 1. It's not going to be up there. And here's what happened. As I'm listening to this song, just so I can really make it clear. As I'm listening to this song and God begins to speak to me. Have you ever been, I, I know all of us has, it, it's a game. You're, you're like, you say words and then there's a song that comes to mind to it. Well, when you read your Bible enough, you'll hear songs and scripture will come to it, right? I call that God speaking to me, all right? I don't know what you call it. I call it God speaking to me. I call it the Holy Spirit literally bringing the scripture which he's placed inside of me to my mind so that he can speak to me clearly about what it is he wants to say, okay? That, that's me, that's me, all right? So watch this. God is on the throne, and the first thing that pops into my mind is this scripture. Not, not the exact place, but a piece of it, so I went and looked it up. In the year that King Uzziah died, that I saw the Lord... 
He was sitting on a lofty throne, high and lifted up, one version says. High and lifted up. And his train to his robe filled the temple. God had my attention. I was like, okay, let's, let's hear more, Jesus. She said, God is on the throne. Hebrews chapter 12 and 2 says this, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame how he how he now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne pause now you're going to have to stay with me because i'm reading scripture but if you if you're paying attention you're going to see this just it's going to it's going to be line upon line and precept upon precept and it's going to just line right up and hopefully i won't have to do a lot of talking cuz I, I love to talk don't give me a but I want to just read the scripture, and I hope you will see what's being said here. It says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. What was awaiting him? Why would he endure the cross? Why would he disregard shame? How could he disregard shame? Now, the reason I'm pointing these things out is because these are some of the things that we struggle with. These are some of the battles in our mind, right? Shame. Uh, enduring a cross or two. Not a literal cross, right? But the things, the things that we're supposed to die to, the things that we're supposed to sacrifice, right? to get rid of. What would get him to do that? It says he did all of that right here. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Okay, stick with me. You know what? Let, let, me, let me give you a little bit more. It says, it continues, it says, Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. We're still talking about Jesus and what he endured. Why was he able to? Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. God is on the throne. Let's move on. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. It says, here is the main point. We have a high priest who sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven. Okay, I'm going to give you a little bit more. There he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle the true place of worship that was built by the Lord and not by human hands. Just in her first few phrases, God is on the throne. Each and everything that I was struggling with and dealing with begin to fade because of that simple phrase. God is on the throne. Why did it begin to fade away? Can anybody help me? I just read two scriptures that clearly stated why it faded away. Here, let me put it all together for you. Jesus endured way more than I did. He had to go through a lot more frustration and a lot more people coming against him. And a lot more, you name it, he dealt with it. And why? Because his father was on the throne and he knew that's where he was going next. 
Why is that exciting? Because that's where we're going. Okay, but when you think about that, oh, just let me just keep going. And then she says, forever and ever. God is on the throne forever and ever. (laughs) Psalms chapter 46, verse 6, part A, it says, Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. There used to be a song back in the 90s where it was like, you know, His throne endures forever and ever. Amen. Forever and ever. So there's no point in my life. There's no point in Gracie's life. There's no point in any person's life in this room that he will ever stop being on the throne. And then she says this. Just think about it. Why is that important? Just think about it. Just just think about it. God says this. Let me let me stay. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. One of my favorite scriptures. Tattooed on my arm right here. Love it. Live by it. It says, basically, change your mind. Change your mind. Renew your thinking. Change the way you think. However you want to say it, that's the point. If we look back at Jesus, because that's where I've been touching and going as we've been going along. When we look back at Jesus, one of his first sermons was Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. And it says this. From then on, Jesus began to preach. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. You're like, Pastor Dwayne, I don't understand. Repent? Doesn't that mean we're supposed to say, I'm sorry for my sins? There is a definition, Hebrew, that touches right along that I'm sorry deal. Then there's, then there's the Greek that touches there, but in the Greek, there's a word, and, and I'm, no, I'm no theologian, but I, I just can look it up, and it's metanya. Metanya, which means to change one's mind. Repent. In that area, if you go into the Strong's Dictionary, it's like G3464 or something, I don't know. But it's like this weird number. And, and in there, there is a definition that says to change one's mind is to repent. So Jesus' first message that he ever preaches says, change the way you think. Let me, I've heard this somewhere. I'm not going to say where I, I, know who, I know who said it because I'm always, you know, weary about quoting people and I don't know who said it. So I know who said it. I'm not going to say who said it because we don't want to talk about him in this space. <laughs> but what he said was true. Okay, he's not a bad man. Don't get me wrong. Just don't want to give him any focus. Our thoughts create words and typically our words create actions would you agree remember I told you to put a pin in it Dr. Caroline as we think we change the physical nature of our brain If we change what we're thinking about from toxic things to healthy things, our thoughts become healthy. 
in turn, our actions will go along with that. So if we're sinning, if we're sinning and we change our thinking, another definition says just that. It says to turn to. We always say turn away, but it's to turn to where we're supposed to be, to turn back to where we came from. I don't know if y'all are just waiting on the next thing or if you're just not getting it. I'm I'm just not sure, but it's okay. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. All right, so Romans 12, change your mind, change your thinking, change how you act, what you do, how you respond, change it all. But first, change your thinking. Jesus challenged people over and over and over to change their thinking. But here's the deal. How many of us Attempt to change our thinking, but really don't. Pastor Wayne, I'm going to go read my Bible because you said that this is how I'm going to change. Correct? Correct. I go and I read my Bible. And everything I read, everything I read, I manipulate. The Lord, our God, is still on the throne. But he's not here with me. God is on the throne, but he's not really working for me. God is on the throne. I just think he might be sleeping right now. God is on the throne. Now, I've I've had it up on the screen. I've said it repeatedly. I wonder as you leave this place, when you hear God is on the throne, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to manipulate it? Shut it down? Shove it in the back? And Jesus challenged people to change their thinking because regardless... How many times you read through the Bible, if your mind doesn't change, you will simply manipulate the words that you've just read every single time. She says, just think about it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Listen. Psalms 46.10 says this, be still and know I am God. I'm sitting on the throne and I need for you to be still. Shut up. Stop moving. Sit there and think about that. Come on. Think about it. If we really think about this, do we really believe this? How much do you think about it? How much are you allowing this to wash over the synapses in your, and I might have said that wrong, the synapses in your brain? How much are you allowing your brain to create connections? That will tell you every single day that God is on the throne. And because of that, there's nothing he doesn't touch, control, have an effect on, can change. How often are we allowing this truth to wash over our minds so that we will believe it? Instead of the lies of the enemy. 
How long are you sitting and thinking about the word of God versus the YouTube channel that you've been watching? Or the Netflix show, Hulu, uh, Paramount, HBO that you've been binging? How much are you allowing the word of God to wash over your mind so that it can change your thinking? In writings all over the world, everywhere, the world is, is recognizing, has recognized that prayer has powerful effects on people, on their lives. So be still and know that he is God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about it. Just think about it. Well, I'm frustrated. I don't care. Whatever brought you to frustration, don't think about it. Well, how am I supposed to do that? Watch this. There's a speaker. I'm not really sure why I would think about a speaker other than the fact that I don't want to think about that. The speaker has not frustrated you. So in this time and in this space, this speaker is good. Whatever is noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on any of those things. Be still and know that he is God and he is on the throne. You know, every once in a while, and, and maybe it's just me, I don't know, like every once in a while you run into that person Right? That person, they're a little bit different. They're just a little, little different. They think different. You know what I mean? They, they seem to see the world differently than everybody else. I, what, is, what are they even talking about? Can't they see? There goes Mrs. Go Happy, Lucky, Wonderful, Have a Good Day. Doesn't she know? Somebody needs to go tell her. Somebody needs to inform them. Life sucks. You ever, you meet those people and you're like, They love everybody. <laughs> Nothing shakes them. You know what I mean? There was an earthquake. A thousand people died. Wow. Hmm. Hey, how about we go get coffee? Oh, you're so insensitive. What's wrong with you? I mean, Lord forbid somebody was like, you know, catastrophic craziness has just wiped out half of the United States. Ah, shoot. I could have been there today. <laughs> like, what? What's wrong with them? We need to put them on watch. No, no, no. No, no. You don't need to put me on watch. I just understood that there was an opportunity there. 
I'm not trying to do nothing. I'm not trying to go anywhere. It's just if it was my time, here's my ticket, you know? Like, some of those people, those people, have you ever noticed you want those people around? Like, everybody shows up to the party, and you go, is, uh, you know, so-and-so's coming? <laughs> yeah, okay. Can you call them and text them and see if they might come? You know what I mean? Like, did they get an invitation or three or five? Like, can somebody get that person here now? I need them in my life, right? But yet, we, it's like we want it, and we're asking ourselves how, like, what do we have to do? Where is it at? We're searching so hard. We're searching for this, this joy. We're searching for this this, this good feeling, we want it so bad. Hmm. Here's the deal. Those people, those people that annoy us at times, those people that we can't figure out, we want it, we're mad that we don't have it, we kick them out because they do, I've got a top secret thing for you here. You ready? Take out your notebooks, your voice recorders. You've got one on your phone. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. <laughs> if you can't think about nothing else, God is still on the throne. And he will be there forever. If you're looking for anything to think about. Well, Pastor Wayne, I don't really think he's that good. Okay. All right, as Pastor John says, all right. <laughs> Those people choose. They choose good. Those people choose God. Those people who seem to have joy, they choose these things, and they unapologetically Eliminate negativity. Bro, I'm so angry. Gosh, what the heck is wrong with this? Blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry. You're invading my space with your negativity. I'm going to need you to back up about 100 feet, please. Well, that's not Jesus, Dwayne. No, it depends on how you say it. That's all. I'm talking to family. I get it. I'm not going to do that to anybody. But I'm telling you right now, I did that just days ago. Just days ago. I looked somebody in the face and I said, you choose. After they looked me, watch this, watch this. They looked at me and said, you're just always so cool. You're just, you're, just, you're just always so cool and so calm, aren't you? I said, no. I said, I just choose not to live in the space you're living in right now. And I walked away. And then I came back out. But this is after I had did something for them. Understand, it wasn't an oh moment. If you would have been there, you would have been like, Aha, 
It's not, oh, it's aha. Because you know what happened? They had an aha moment. The only thing is, is they still struggled to change the way they were thinking. That's okay. I did my job. I planted a seed and I unapologetically eliminated negativity. You don't need to be apologetic. Why are you so happy? Because I am. Life sucks, not for me. I'm sorry for you. Can you not, can you not come around? Fine with me. I know a ton of people that want me around. You know what I'm saying? Like, unapologetically. You might need to stop if it's somebody you know and you love. You might need to stop and look at them and say, hey, hey, I love you and you're miserable. <laughs> did, did you know that? I love you and you don't have to be miserable. <laughs> Who said it? <laughs> yes, let's go. Aha. I have a quote here. I have a quote. I don't know who it's from. I have it on here. It says, unknown. It says, what you choose to see determines your reality. What you choose to see determines your reality. You have the power to change your reality by shifting your focus. Uh-oh, Pastor Dwayne, just, he just moved over into the positive speaking, the motivational speaking world. Okay. I thought it was the Bible speaking world. I'm, I mean, I've just said it in a different term, right? But I, that's why I read the scripture first, so that you couldn't say that I was being a motivational speaker. <laughs> the Bible is motivational. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I... Okay, let's, let's stay focused. Proverbs 23, verse 7. You ready? Say it with me. Say it with me. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. <laughs> I love it. Now you're with me. Listen. God is still on the throne. That is where all this comes from. If you don't know or you didn't know, this is where this comes from. God is on the throne forevermore. Just think about it. Take a moment or 500 and just think about it. Think about how amazing he is. Think about how good he is. Hey, one second, young people. One, just one memory. Take one memory right now that has been amazing. Take one memory. You got it? Just take one second and think about that memory. What, what's so good about that memory? Isn't it awesome? Does it, everybody got one? I see. Okay. Okay. You, you got one? You good? Okay. I, because I didn't see the smile. Because here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing, as each of them, you don't, you don't see what I see, but as each of them grabbed that memory or that moment, a smile slowly came across their face because they just took their thinking and put it on something good. And guess what? The Bible also says, every good thing comes from who? Who's sitting on the throne? Let's go. One more time, I'm going to go to Dr. Leaf, okay? One more time, I'm going to quote Dr. Leaf. She says this, when you think, you build thoughts. And these become physical substance in your brain. When you think, there are thoughts that become physical substance in your brain. <laughs> come on, nobody. Come on. Is, is, okay, nobody thought about a scripture when they read that? Not just one? I'm going to read it again. 
When you think, you build thoughts, and these become physical substance in your brain. Go, go ahead, say it for me. She said, I only know that part. Faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of substance, which is non-existing, becomes real. Okay. I, I can't make the connection for you there. If you think, so you will be. If you have faith about something, it too will come into being. These are two different worlds. Okay? One world is you. If I think it, it'll happen. Well, that makes sense. I'm thinking it. I'm going to walk over there. And here I am. I just prophesied to you. God says, God says, speak those things that aren't as though they are. Have faith, pray, and I will do the rest. You do your part, which would be equivalent to thinking, and then it will begin to materialize because that's what God does. The physical world lines up with the spiritual world in this aspect. Our brain creates synapses, which makes connections, which makes the thing that we are thinking about become reality. Our prayers, our supplication, our time spent with God in faith to believe that he will do becomes reality because of him. I know, you guys are like, I think he's just putting this together. I don't know how else to say it. Like, this is, this is I'm giving you scientific facts along with scriptural facts. It is up to you to think on that and make it your reality. I understand that. Listen, when I was doing this, I was like, man, they're going to be so excited. They're going to be like, "Woo! thank you, Jesus. I can take on the world. And then, like, the devil was like, no, they're not. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> right? But in a, in a place of reality, I said to myself, you know what? Maybe they won't. But here's the deal. <laughs> it's just for me to give you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's up, it's up to you to do it. All right, but I can tell you right now, I'm not going to stop skipping, and I'm not going to stop being excited, and I'm not going to hide what God is doing in my life. I can't. Otherwise, I am hiding the testimony that he has given me. I'm going to think about it. I might end up talking about it because I think about it so much, right? And then I'm going to see it keep happening over and over and over. Why should I fear? Why should I fear? That's the next words in her song. Why should I fear? She actually says a whole stream of them. Why should I fear? Why should I worry? Why should I run? I was like, come on, Jesus. I said, you just speaking through this young lady? Oh, my goodness. Why should I fear? Why should I worry? Why should I run? David said in Psalms 49, 5, why should I fear when trouble comes, when enemies surround me? Then in verse 15, he follows that up and he says, he follows, he, he says, he says, with his reasoning for not being, oh, I'm reading my own thing, not the scripture. I apologize. See, this is what happens when you get too excited. The scripture says this, but as for me, God will redeem my life. 49.5, why should I fear when trouble comes, when enemies surround me? And then in 15, he says, but as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of the grave. If you know David's story, it's easy to understand what he just said. It's also easy to understand why I use the scripture. Why should I worry? Somebody says, well, David, probably because Saul is throwing a spear at you. 
in our day, it would be somebody shooting a gun at me. And I'm like, pew, 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 right? I'm like, pew, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? Pew, right? God is good, pew, pew, right? And they're like, dude, why are you not worried? Well, because... David has spears being thrown at him. He's being chased down by armies. A king and his whole nation is trying to find this dude. And he, like, he is hiding in some situations, right? But he's not, like, hiding, hiding. You know? He, like, stopped at the church, seeing if they had any grub for him and his boys. Pastor, can you take us out to lunch real quick? Aren't they chasing you? Yeah, but we're hungry. <laughs> he said, as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of the grave. Isaiah 41.10. I think we just heard that somewhere. That was right there front and center. I was like, hey. I know some of you are like, what? Why? The reason that scripture is relevant is because it was the scripture we just used for VBS. So it was just ringing. It was just bouncing around in my head. Isaiah 41, 10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Like, Seriously, why should I fear? Why do I need to run? Why should I worry? Psalms 46 says, God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. Present help. Anybody, can, can you tell me what present means? Thank you. In the moment. When the issue seems to be at its height, he's there. He can be a present help. Here's the thing with help. Here's the thing with help. It doesn't work unless we do what? Take it. Like, you know what I mean? When I say take it, if somebody's offering it to you, what if they don't even, what if they don't even, uh, uh, you don't have to ask. Jesus, he's, he's there. It says he is a present help and he is there to help you if you will take it. And yes, in another scripture, he says, ask and you shall receive. You want to come preach with me? She over here quoting my scriptures. No, Nothing can separate us. Come on. Let's go. That's, that's another one of the things in her song. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, right? Oh, let's go. How true is this? Come on with me. I'm uh, Just real quick commercial assignment, Romans chapter 8. If you're a believer, Romans chapter 8, go and think on it. Read it. Think about it. Okay? Romans chapter 8, all of it, just just go in there and just, right? You might even want to pull a fly, right? It's the word of God. I'm sure. Listen, just eat it over and over is all I'm saying. It's the word of God. Calm down. Abby goes over like, really, Pastor Wayne? Romans chapter 8, verse 35. And then I'm going to I'm gonna go to 28, right? But first we're going to start at 35. You ready for this? Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? In her, in her song, she says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have troubles or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? What? It doesn't feel like it. As the scriptures say, for, for your sake, we are killed. Every day. I don't personally know nobody has ever been killed for God. Personally, I don't know. I know they're out there. 
I just don't know any. That's a big thing. That's all I'm saying. That's pretty huge. For your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Let's go back. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are, are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is still ours through Christ who loved us. That's the scripture. That's the word. They're like, Pastor Dwayne, this was feeling real good. Then it just started feeling real bad. 38, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither, or, neither our fear for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. If you don't want to be separated, you won't be. If you say to yourself, he's mine and I am his, you won't be. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever, nothing in creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Romans chapter 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called to his purpose. There is no good thing that him being a good father he will keep from you. Any good thing that he has for you, it is yours as long as you stay with him in his space. As long as you remember, recall, hold on to, keep professing that he is God and he is on the throne, everything else is a moot point. I understand that things happen. I understand that you feel a certain way. But I will not stop saying that it is your choice to sit in the mud or get out. It is your choice. If something's, if something is trying to cloud your mind, mess you up, jack you up, it is your choice to change your thinking. It's more than a choice. Let, let me let me let me go to the word real quick. I know it but I want to read it in this fashion. Are you ready? Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to do what? Present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy, and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing 
changing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Amen. I'm not going to drop the mic. It costs money. God is on the throne. That is not Christianese. I'm, just, I'm not just spouting off some silly thing. I'm trying to give you a key to freedom. I'm telling you. Yeah, just turn it up. I'm going to go ahead and let this song play again. And we're going to close right here. God is on the throne. He is on the throne. And I don't care what's in your life. It doesn't matter what's in your life. He can change it. If you believe, he will change it. Nothing, nothing can get in the way of his love. All right? Thank you for coming. You can be released. We're going to pray for these people. We love you. God bless you.